What up? Welcome in to another episode of the Not Your Normal Podcast, brought to you by iFilm Cinema. Cinema for everyone. This podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, or wherever you get your podcast. So, um, last episode had my, my buddy Garrett on. Um, had a had some political had some political conversation. So that was interesting. But um, Aaron is going to be away. Like I said on the last episode, he's going to be away for, I mean, the foreseeable future. Maybe a couple weeks. Maybe a little longer. Just um, you know, just need some time off. He does a lot as far as uh, editing videos, you know, editing the podcast, recording the podcast, being involved in everything that iFilm Cinemas does. So he's taking some personal time, a uh, much-needed break. And so you're going to be getting a high dosage of me for maybe the next couple weeks. We'll see whenever Aaron when Aaron decides to come back. He's always, you know, always welcome, and any time that, you know, he needs a break, he is can definitely have it. But so this is this is going to be a different episode for me because I do the KSO. I do Kai Sports Opinion. I usually do it by myself. But, you know, I have one topic that I'm talking about and I just live, breathe, you know, just love sports. Eat it up. So I can usually pretty much find a lot of stuff to talk about. And, you know, it's it's a once a week episode. It's you know, I have content laid out for me. I talk about the games, I predict the games, then I talk about a couple topics, then my 45 minutes to an hour is up, and I'm done. It's pretty easy. But here doing this by myself, you're literally, I'm literally sitting in a room talking to myself. So, <laughs> which I do that anyway. So, uh, we'll, we'll see how this goes. Um, I want to start off this episode today by, uh, I want to give a shout out. And... I think I'm going to go down a rabbit hole here. I hope I don't, but I imagine I will. It's what I tend to do. Um, my buddy, guy that uh, was friends with kindergarten, first grade, second grade, then moved on. Uh, well, actually, let me say this. Um, my buddy, Chase Lowry, uh, he he snaps me uh, what yesterday, day before, and um, he sends me a video of him. And he's just like, I'm cracking up, haha, listening to the episode uh, of last Friday with, with Garrett and me on it. And um, at work, um, also a guy that uh, I went to high school with, I played football with, great guy, uh, Josh Neal. Uh, he was talking to me the other day at work. He works at Red Lobster with me, and he also works for another company. And uh, he's in the car a lot, and he asked, he's like, hey man, what's the name of your podcast so that I can... I can listen to it in the car. So it's it's really cool. It's, you know, uh, it, not trying to, like, boost the ego that I already have or, you know, make you know be big-headed. I get told all the time by, by Brittany my head's too big, and she has a valid point there. But it's really cool that not only do we have listeners uh, from, like, Ohio and Sweden and Canada – and other, you know, we have we, we have listens from other countries, other states. That's cool. But to me, I think it's so much cooler, so so cool that people that you grew up with and friends, like that you were good friends with, being Chase, um, you know, ask you, hey, uh, where can I listen to your podcast? Because I really want to hear it. Or like I said, like Chase, he's, um, hey man, I'm listening to your podcast. I'm dying laughing. I freaking love it. I love the the support from, you know, the local people or friends 
um, you know, old acquaintances or, you know, old people you used to go to school with, used to play football with, whatever. That's really, really cool. Um, there was a, there was a foreign exchange student that when I was maybe in seventh grade, I think, um, and my, my brother was either, a, I think he was a sophomore in high school. Um, it was a foreign exchange student that moved in with us and his name was Pedro or his name was, his name is Pedro Luis Fajeda Almeida. And he's from Brazil. Um, I still talk to him all the time. Uh, my dad's actually going to plan a trip to Brazil probably next year, I think, around that time, maybe next summer. But um, actually, after he left, Pedro's been back twice just to come back and visit with us for a month. Um, so uh, he's my brother. I have a, I've got my brother, Corey, but I've also got a foreign brother, being Pedro. Um, I talked to him the other day, and he was – he was talking about, yeah, man, um, I've been listening to your podcast or, you know, I, I love it. It's, it's great. Like, that's so cool that, you know, these, these people that you haven't seen in, like, I haven't seen Chase in eight months. And the only reason I saw him was we went to Brittany's mom's and he used to live across the street and I just went outside and talked to him. But, um, it's, it's cool when, um, you know, when I get those messages from uh, Chase or like when I talked to Ian Murphy, you know, that was a, that was another, that was another guy I used to run around with him. He lived right down the street from me and Chase or he lived up the street. And, uh, if you know, you know, we lived down the street, Ian lived up the street, but Ian, I mean, just the other day, him and I were talking about it and I was, I was telling him, Hey man, I, I talked about you on the podcast and you know, he said, yeah, man, I'll definitely listen. You know, when are you going to be famous and just that kind of stuff. I just think it's cool that, I have, you know, friends that are always going to be friends, like like I said, Chase and Ian and Justin and Thomas and those those people that they show their support by listening and they let me know sometimes every now and then that 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 they listen and it doesn't matter, you know, how how long it's been since you've seen you know your old friends or since you've talked to them and I've made new friends and you know new people that I hang out with and I, I talk to on a daily basis just like they have. They've made work friends and they've made you know different friends, you know, everybody leaves and goes their own direction, but you still have those connections and you still have those, those friendships. You could, I mean, I'm a dad, um, a chase is a dad with, with, with his wife, Katie, um, Justin lives near Dallas. Uh, don't ever really see him. Ian, Ian and Christy, they get married. They're trying to start a family. Um, I believe I'm not gonna say I don't know if it's true, um, but I think they're you know they're trying to have kids, and you just you could put us all back in a room together, like all 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 different walks of life now haven't seen each other. Well, I mean I haven't seen all of them. I don't know if they <laughs> if they still connect as much as I do with them. That would kind of suck. But I, I I talk to them, you know. I talk to them in, incrementally, you know, but I haven't seen them in, like I said, six, eight months. It's been longer for Ian. It's been longer for Justin. But um, you could put us all back in a room together and you could give us a PlayStation 2 and put in Ratchet and Clank or Madden 07 or something like that and we would have a blast like, you know, like we did when we were kids. Nothing changes. And I, I think that's really cool and I really appreciate the support from those people. It's... It doesn't sound like it's humbling. It sounds like I'm gloating, but I'm saying it, it, it's very humbling that, you know, 
they don't have to do that. Like they don't have to listen to that. They could say, "Dude, Kyler's a dumbass. His podcast sucks. I'm not listening to that shit." But they they enjoy it. They support a friend, just like you know, if if one of them has this this type of you know uh, this type of career drive or path or this isn't really a career yet being a podcast having a podcast and a cinematography company but I want it to be but you know if if they have something like that absolutely I'm always going to support it because they're always going to be my friends um thanks guys y'all are great (laughs) um I want to talk about real fast and then we'll get to some different you know just some different topics here um, I've really, really learned over the past three weeks. So, a lot. And um, since Brittany and I got together, it will be two years uh, on Christmas. I know I'm super corny. I ask her out on Christmas. Super corny. But um, about around last, right, uh, kind of around this time, in 2018, her and I really started hanging out together, and uh, I started hanging out with her with her boys. So, I've known I've known Steele since he was three, her oldest boy, and I've known uh, Silas since he was about ten months old. And so, her and I in May of 2019 we move in together. I know that's very early, like a five month period, but we did. We moved in together, and I'm really happy that we did. Um, I'm, I'm glad the way that everything's worked out with, with her and I, but, um, as far as the kids, um, with Silas, um, he's, he's never not known me. Um, you know, you don't remember stuff from when you're 10 months old. So in his entire life, he's always going to know me. He's never going to remember a time when he did not know me. And, um, there were nights that, you know, to let Brittany sleep, I would wake up with him. I would go in there with him and, um, I would do, you know, things that a parent does, but he wasn't a newborn. And so having a newborn and just seeing Brittany as far as the day-to-day grind and it, it's like, it, I'm not exaggerating. I know there's, there's, there's people that 24, seven, 365, that's what being a parent to, a newborn baby is like for all the people that that think that they want to have kids hear this out I love Shepard I would never trade him for the world he is amazing but for people that don't have kids Brittany already had two kids so she knew what was gonna you know what what was gonna happen I was not aware of you know the newborn stage and um it's 24 7 365 like and she does a really really good job of she lets me sleep a lot and she doesn't have to she does not have to she lets me sleep she's up at night with him I hear I hear it three four times a night you know I'll I'll try and wake up and get a diaper changed and help her as much as I can but she lets me sleep I have to go to work she I mean she's being being a parent to a newborn really really has opened my eyes and given me more appreciation not only for Brittany like towards Brittany but for other moms like I I don't oh my lord the 
these single mothers, like in, you know, you, you hear people say it, shout out to all the single moms and all that stuff. That's hard. I can't imagine. I can't imagine. Um, you're up all night. Your baby doesn't want to sleep. You, you're up every two hours. You got to feed, change diapers. Then you take the baby to your parents' house or to a babysitter or somewhere because you got to go to work. And you go and you work eight to 12 hours. Then you come home, pick up your child, get no sleep, and have to help, you know, make sure that this baby is okay and this baby's well taken care of and this baby's healthy. And you do it all the next day. And you're working 60 hour weeks just to survive just to get by, just to support your baby. And I can't imagine there's, there's women out there that have other kids, um, you know, that have, have, have kids that are a little bit older. And you got to go pick them up from school. And their events, soccer games, football games, basketball games, uh, different, different programs at the school, after-school stuff, all that. Like, the, the moms and dads that, that do that on a day-to-day basis – before you have kids, you don't understand that. You don't, you don't get it. It's just, oh man, you got kids, you know, it's, it's easy, not a big deal. I used to think that, I mean, even, even in the early stages of Brittany and I dating, man, the kids are easy. They love me. We play, we have a good time. I go in there and lay down with them. Silas might wake up once or twice a night, maybe, maybe once a night, go back in there, lay next to him, pat his back. He falls asleep, go back, get in bed with Brittany, go to sleep. This is easy. Man, being a parent's easy. And then you have a newborn. And it really it really gives you it gives you an a an appreciation for other parents and even for my parents. It gives me a huge appreciation because my brother is three and a half years older than me. So when I'm born, he's three and a half years old. When I turn one, he's four ish. So you know, having another kid and also trying to raise a newborn, then you got to go to work, all that stuff. It gives you a different, a different viewpoint and a different, a, a different appreciation for the things that not only that your parents do, but what your significant other does. Like, I, I, if God forbid, if something happened to Brittany, I, I don't know what I, I mean, I don't know what I would do. I got three boys that. Like I, I don't know. It's, it's, it's tough, and I wouldn't trade any any of it for the world. Being a parent is, like, how do I say this? Within the last about two years, my perception on things has changed. Have has changed a lot. Of, if you ask me, you know, what's the what's the biggest joy in your life? Like, what's the what's the most important thing in your life? I'd tell you, I don't know. I guess trying to be a pilot, like getting through school, that's the most important thing. My parents, my friends, <laughs> football, basketball, those are the most important things in my life. It's not even a close, there's not even a close second at this point. The most important thing in my life is all three of my boys. Like I I love them to death, and I hate the conversation or the the talking point that a lot of people have said to me, and I understand you don't mean it in a rude way, and you don't mean it in a negative way, and I've had people say after they've said it, I did not mean that that way, and you know, like, you know, they know me. I'm like, no, man, you're good. It's all good, but they say, what's it feel like to be a dad? 
what's it feel like to to finally you know to finally be a dad and (laughs) I had a guy at work uh, he asked me that a while back and I just smiled at him and I said dude I've been a dad (laughs) and he was like oh yeah yeah, you're right you're right and I was like dude I've been a dad I said Steele and Silas they're you know I said they're with me four or five days a week on the weekend I mean you know on the weeknights they're they're you know they spend a lot of time with me and I I love them I love them to death and I love all three of my boys the exact same and for some people they don't see it that way it's well they're not your kids well biologically yeah they're they're not my kids but you know I'm gonna love them like they're my kids and I'm gonna treat them the exact same as I'm going to treat Shepard and I'm going to try and help raise them the exact same way that I want to raise Shepard. And um, I don't know. I've just, I've built a bond with Steele and Silas over the last two years. And I'm trying, I'm trying not to tear up here. And um, this is not the, I was not trying to, here's the rabbit hole I'm talking about. Oh God. I'm talking about appreciating what your parents do and what, you know, these other parents that you see in public do and, you know, a day in and day out basis. But I wouldn't trade any, I wouldn't trade the boys for anything in the world. They're, they're amazing and I love them very much. And now Brittany and I have had, you know, we've had the conversation and I've, I've told her multiple times. Um, I understand that you know, they're never going to be my kids. They're not. But I'm going to love them like they're my blood kids. And I'm going to do everything in my power to make sure that they love me and see me as a father figure the way that I view my stepdad, David. Um, There's a lot of people that don't even have one dad. And I'm sorry, and that sucks. Um, And being a child of three divorces in my life. Both my parents have been divorced. Uh, actually, yeah. Both my parents have been divorced uh, twice, but, you know, they divorce each other, so that's the, you know, one, two, three. But um, I'm very grateful that they aren't together because out of that I've gotten David, my stepdad, and I've known him since I was 12 12, 13 years old, and um, a lot of people, like I said, they don't have one dad. They don't have the one dad at all because dad is just not never in the picture. He's just a scumbag, or dad passed away, or dad's got more important things to do, and they barely see their dad. Um, that sucks. I'm sorry, but I got the other end of the spectrum. I got, I'm got. i very, very lucky. I have my dad, Kendall Durham, who, you know, He's on the podcast with me sometimes. He does a sports podcast. Um, he's a great grandparent to all three of my boys, to my brother's baby girl, Cassidy. He's a great grandparent. He's a great dad. Was always there for me. Never turned his back on me, ever. So I'm lucky that I even have him. But then I got David. And David has never not treated me like I'm his blood son. Like, he's he's called me son on multiple occasions I had a car accident uh 2000 2013 going into my senior year I totaled his truck um long story uh 
Um, it was a single car accident out on a back road. I have no service. I start walking home. A car picks me up, takes me the rest of the way home. Um, and I vividly remember this. I mean, out of out of that chaos, it was chaotic. It was one of the worst days of my life. But out of that chaos came one of the best moments of my life. Um, it was when they asked David right in front of my mom. Um, cop asked him, who was in the accident? And David didn't say my wife's son. Uh, he didn't say Kyler Durham. He said my son. And I was sitting in the ambulance, and they're working on me, and I just hear that, and I start tearing up because, I mean, he, he could have called me anything. And who was in the accident? My son. And that's that's who I want to be to Steel and Silas. I want to be what David is to me. Steel and Silas have a dad. They have a great dad. Their dad, Keaton, he's a wonderful dad. Loves his boys to death. But just like me and my my situation, I want them to to say, I've got a great dad. He's fantastic. I love my dad. And God's blessed me with a second dad too. But I'm, like I said, down the rabbit hole. 20 minutes. God. Um, yeah, basically just really appreciate your mom, your dad. Um, if you have a single parent, appreciate the hell out of them because it's it's a journey and I wouldn't trade it for the world. I love it. Love my boys to death. Um, let's not talk about this anymore. Uh, <laughs> um, I want to talk about, I was I was on Reddit uh, actually just, just a minute ago. I was sitting on the toilet. I was taking a crap <laughs> and I'm on Reddit and it's, What's the weirdest compliment you've ever been you've ever been given? And I was reading some of these, and there's there's some that are funny. Um, you have great earlobes, magnificent eyebrows. You remind me of a swan. Uh, um, just different. You're so sexy. You remind me of my mom. Oh my god. Um, exceptionally smooth balls, like two hard boiled eggs in a balloon full of downy fabric softener. Excuse me. <laughs> But it makes me, I was sitting here thinking, what's the weirdest compliment I've ever been given in my entire life? And it didn't take me long at all. So I'm at work at Red Lobster, and uh, this this lady, her name's Jonna, uh, I worked with her right at Sunny Delight. She's known, she knows both my parents, worked with my dad forever. And her and another lady, the HR lady out at Sunny Delight, her name is Donna Nelson. She's fantastic, love them both to death. They come to Red Lobster. Jonna loves Red Lobster. They come in, they sit in my section, and Brittany styles my hair kind of up, kind of a pompous, kind of up kind of style for the day. I don't, and she hadn't done it since, which I actually liked. But um, Jonna, I walk up, I'm talking to him, and she pauses and she's staring at me. And I said, Yeah. She goes, Has anyone ever told you you look like Robin Thick? I said, What? And she said, Robin Thick. I said, the guy that sings Blurred Lines and is like on one of those shows on TV? She's like, yeah, Robin Thicke. It's like, no, Jonna, I've never heard that one. And she's like, well, he's really cute. So that's a compliment. I just kind of had this look. I was like, thanks, thanks. So I go back to the back. I'm like, do I really? I pull up, I pull up a picture of Robin Thicke. And 
there was more yeses than noes amongst the back of people I work with. So apparently I have some resemblance to Robin Thicke. I don't see it, but that's the weirdest. Just a we- I was like, Robin Thicke, really? That's the weirdest compliment I've ever gotten in my entire life. Um, I want to talk about the – I'm not getting political here. It's just a positive uh, thing I saw from the news. Um, I want to talk about the coronavirus. Apparently they are in the, the early stages, the – preliminary uh, stages of the vaccine and from what they've done as far as testing I assume on animals and you know uh, just trying to make sure that the virus works it it has been 95% effective now this is in early stages and of course once they get a a true vaccine out as far as mass manufacturing and mass product or I'm sorry yeah mass Mass, I can't talk, mass manufacturing and production of the vaccine and then massive distribution to everybody, it will take a year to a year and a half for everyone, maybe longer than that, maybe two years, for everyone to get the vaccine, have it available to them once they get the vaccine. But I think we're very, very close. Hopefully, beginning of next year, February, March, we have a vaccine that works, that kills the virus and or that helps your antibodies fight the virus if you get it and we see death tolls go significantly down and we see just cases just completely drop off that'd be absolutely amazing and it's just kind of reassuring because out of all the bad news that I've seen recently and even with Garrett we're sitting here talking about politics and it's not good news it's not good like conversation positive conversation that people want to hear um but that's that made me feel good when I saw it. I smiled. I was like, man, we're getting close. We're getting close to getting this thing taken care of, I think. And hopefully over time, um, things can go back to normal. And as far as mask real fast, I don't, and I'm not getting political here. I'm just saying, I don't understand the pushback on mask. I really, really don't. Um, it's actually extremely common in a lot of other countries all over the world. If you got the flu or you have the cold and you need to go out to go to the grocery store or go do something, you wear a mask if you're sick because you don't want to infect other people. And that's very, very customary in other countries where I got the flu, um, I'm on antibiotics, I'm getting taken care of, I feel better, but I still have the flu, you know, because it, it's, it's going to lie in you with, within two weeks, I think. Um, so I'm going to wear a mask when I go out when I go to the grocery store, when I do this, when I do that, when I'm in contact with other people because I don't want to infect another person. Um, yeah, I don't I don't get the pushback on masks because it's like I've said before, it's not for you, it's for other people, especially when there's a pandemic. And even if you think that it is fake, being the virus, which it's not, but even if you think it's fake, like I said, other countries, before the virus, I have a cold. I need to go get groceries. I need to wear a mask because I don't want to give somebody else the cold. I don't want to be in the chip aisles looking for fungions and cough and then give that person the cold. And then they go home to take care of their mom who's 85 years old and coughs and she gets the cold and someone's 85-year-old mom dies from the cold because of me when I could have just worn a mask and prevented the whole thing. I don't really, yeah, I don't I don't really get that. But that's just my opinion. Um, like I've said before, I am a... Uh, I'm a 24-year-old uh, white kid from Texas. What the hell do I know? I don't don't listen to my opinion about politics. Don't listen to my opinion about really anything. Um, just listen here to laugh at me. If I mean, 
You come here to laugh at me, I hope. Not with me, at me. Because I don't know what I'm talking about half the time. And my opinion is super invalid. It, no. Um, so the the Masters. Um, I, I'm, I'm not going to lie. Didn't watch a single stroke of the Masters. Didn't watch anybody. Didn't watch anything at all. But um, I know... I was listening to on the radio, and I know that... Let me look this up real quick. Masters. I know Dustin Johnson won. Um, he won by five strokes, too, which was... Which was nice. That's a that's a big win. Um, I'm trying to figure out if Dustin Johnson... If that's his... Is, is, is it Dustin Johnson's first master? I think. Hold on. I'm about to look this up. Dustin Johnson... Let me see how many majors he's won. Dustin Johnson majors. Not major collapse. Major winner. Johnson Johnson won the 2016 U.S. Open to claim his first major title on June 19th, 2016. Uh, okay, come on. I was trying to figure out how many Masters he's won. That's it. Oh, my God. Okay, I'm not even going to talk about this. If I can't find it. Here we go. Professional wins. He's won two major championships. So, the PGA Open or whatever in 2016, or the U.S. Open in 2016, and then the Masters, which is, that's, that's cool. Um, yeah, he won by five strokes. He was 20 under, which is, at Augusta, that's amazing. Like, that's that course is insanely legendary, like hard. Very, very hard. So, uh, like I said, I golf's a sport. Golf's a sport that I enjoy to play. I don't really... I mean, I watch Tiger every now and then. I like watching uh, highlights of golf. The shot shifting... and Or shot shifting, I'm sorry. The shot shaping, watching Tiger hit some ridiculous shot that curves around a tree and rolls a foot from the, the pin. That's amazing. Um, I like watching highlights of, of golf, and I'll, I'll watch a little bit of golf every now and then. Um, but I, I just prefer to play golf, and I'm horrible at it. Like, that's the sport that I'm definitely the worst at. But, um, well, I'm, 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 I'm pretty bad at every sport. But that's the one I'm definitely the worst at. But I just enjoy going to play, get your mind off stuff, just have fun. I usually just go with Aaron. We just talk the whole time. and um, just We just have a good time. But... Yeah, I didn't watch any of the Masters at all, but uh, I think it's cool that Dustin Johnson was able to win. That dude's got the longest drive in golf, probably. But um, I have a... Do I talk about this before I wrap this thing up? Maybe. Yeah, you know what? What you gonna do? Get mad at me? Probably. Um, I have this thing written down here. And I, <laughs> I don't do I talk about it. Um, the topic I've written down is what does it say about your relationship if you're the small spoon? And what I got that from was I think that for the most part that Brittany and I have a pretty uh, even 50-50 relationship as far as um, 
not really who's like who's dominant. Like that's not what I'm saying. I mean, I guess that's the way I'm going to go with it. But not who's the dominant one in the relationship or who's the quote unquote the man in the relationship. That's not what I mean. But when we, I guess, spoon would be the right word. I don't, I don't really want to say it. But when we spoon, man, dude, she makes me the tiniest damn spoon in the entire world. I mean, her front to my back arms around me I'm not getting away even if I wanted to not getting away and I mean she makes me the tiniest spoon and I love it I love it I love it I love it but what does that say does it say that I'm that she's the man like she's the man in the relationship she's the dominant one and I'm I'm the sub I'm I'm the beta I mean I don't I don't know I, <laughs> I actually looked some stuff up here on this too and it was like I literally type in in google what does it mean if I'm the small spoon in my relationship? And um, and I put, I'm a man. And the first comment on it, on the on the Quora post, it goes, if you're the small spoon, you're not the man. Sorry to tell you, but you're not the man, man. It says, you are the sub. You are the tiny one. You are the one that listens. You are the beta. And I was like, oh, my Lord. So I guess I'm the beta in, the, in, in my own relationship, which I don't really, that, 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 that has no value to me when, I'm the I'm the dom and they're the sub. No, that's not a good relationship. A a, a good relationship is a hundred percent from each person. But as far as stuff like that, like you know who's in charge, I don't. That's a fifty fifty kind of thing. I think that's how you have a healthy relationship. But um, I don't know. I, I just thought it was something funny to bring up that I'm the tiniest spoon in the world. And what does that say about about my relationship? Like, I mean. I don't know. <laughs> um, I want to talk about something interesting in the NBA, and then I'm going to wrap this thing up. So, in 2011, the Dallas Mavericks beat the Oklahoma City Thunder in the in the I think it was the, it was the second round, I believe. It might have been the Western Conference Finals. Um, no, it was the Western Conference Finals. Because they beat Portland in the first round. They beat the Lakers in the second round. And then they beat Oklahoma City. And I think I'm getting the ages right here. I think Durant and Westbrook were both 21. And James Harden was 22. It could be a little off there as far as uh, as far as how old they were. But it's in that ballpark. They were between the ages of 21 and 23 altogether. They make the Western Conference Finals. And then 2012, they make the NBA Finals. Um, and when they make the NBA Finals, um, they play the Miami Heat, and the Miami Heat beat them in six, I believe. Is there five or six? I think it was six. And there were people even then that were like, "Man, this this series was rigged." And you can go back and find YouTube videos of the 2012 uh, NBA Finals where there are certain scenarios where it looks like it's rigged in Miami's favor. But um, you get to the finals, and then 2013 comes around. And it gets close to the trading deadline. And so they have Oklahoma City. They have the young point guard, Russell Westbrook, who looks like he's going to be a star for years to come. And then you've got the lanky, long, 6'11", 7-footer, the slim reaper, Kevin Durant, the sniper. And then you get off, off the bench. you got the beard. you got James Harden. And it comes around to almost the trade deadline, and James Harden is already talking an extension because he's he was drafted um, 
I don't know if they were all. They weren't all drafted. No, I, I think it went Durant when when they were still Seattle. They were the the Seattle SuperSonics. It was Durant, Westbrook, and Harden. Harden was the oldest. He stayed in college longer, but it was time for James Harden to his contract running out, and he wants a bigger deal. And I, I understand at the time the thinking of the Oklahoma City Thunder is we're not going to sign a six-man superstar money. You know, the cap was significantly lower, the cap being the maximum amount of money you're allowed to spend before you dip into the luxury tax. And if you spend over the cap and you dip into the luxury tax, the owner has to pay that money and out of their own pocket. And Oklahoma City's owner was not going to do that. He's not dipping in, into the luxury tax. He was not. It's not going to happen. So you got to figure something out here. Do we do we try to work out a deal with James Harden and get him on a cheaper deal? They tried. Him and his agent said, "No, we're not pushing back on this. I mean, we're 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 definitely pushing back on this. We're not giving in. We want this figure. We want to be paid like a superstar because James Harden's a superstar. And you can let his contract run out and try and work something out in the off season. Um, you can give him the big contract, and you're gonna have to." you know, pay bench guys less money. So your bench is going to get worse. Your depth's going to get worse um, if you pay James Harden. But if you do pay James Harden, you're going to have Durant, Westbrook, and James Harden all locked in on like four-year deals, five-year deals. So you got them all for the next four or five years, potentially. And you got Serge Ibaka, Kendrick Perkins, um, Nick Collison. Um, they had a good bench. You wouldn't have to let go of those guys. But maybe your your 8, 9, 10, 11 guy on the bench, that you're going to have to spend less money on because you're giving James Harden a lot of money. Do you do that or do you trade him and try and get some some young pieces back or try and get some pieces back? Because, I mean, you were just in the NBA Finals and you're having a good year. You're you're one of the projected teams to make the Finals in 2013. So what do you do? Well, they decide that they're going to trade James Harden. And they trade James Harden to Houston. And we see them make a Western Conference Finals in uh, 2014, lose to the Spurs, um, who then win the championship. And then I think it was it was the Earth. 16. Yeah, 2016, they make the Western Conference Finals again with Russell Westbrook and Kevin Durant. Um, Ibaka's long gone. Uh, James Harden is in Houston trying to, you know, win playoff series, but he's struggling. But he's still putting up great numbers. And you blow a 3-1 lead to the 73-9 and Golden State Warriors in the Western Conference Finals, who they then go on to blow a 3-1 lead to the Cleveland Cavaliers, which is very odd. But then Kevin Durant leaves. He joins Oklahoma or he, he joins Golden State. And then Russell Westbrook gets traded to Houston years later. And when you look back, it just makes you think, you were in the Western Conference Finals in 2011, lost to the champions. Then you were in the Western or you you were in the NBA Finals, 2012, lost in the finals. What if you don't trade James Harden? Like I don't like to live in a world of of what ifs because you're always going to live in regret, like thinking like oh man, what if, what if. But if you're an Oklahoma City fan, if you're a Thunder basketball fan, and even me being a being a Dallas Mavericks fan, I don't really I don't like Oklahoma City. But it makes me wonder, man. What if, what if you don't, what if you don't let James Harden go? You don't let him out of the building. You're playing here. 
We'll give you what you want. You're playing here. I mean, they got to win one championship, right? And if they keep James Harden, does the unraveling of Russell Westbrook happen? Does Durant get so upset and so just tired of Oklahoma City that he leaves? I don't think so. I think that one decision to trade James Harden doomed the entire Oklahoma City franchise of the 2010s or of yeah of the 2010s. I think if they don't they don't trade James Harden, they win one championship at least, maybe two. And if you, I mean, obviously the growth of James Harden is going to be different being the sixth man in Oklahoma City, whereas in Houston he was the star the day he walked in the door. He's their number one guy. The progression and numbers are going to look different and stuff. But um, who who knows? 2015, 2016, 2017, with a prime Kevin Durant, a prime Russell Westbrook, and a prime James Harden, Golden State might not ever even make a final or only make one. We might not ever even see the dynasty of Golden State if Oklahoma City does not trade James Harden. And like I said, I understand the move. I get it. We're not going to give you a big contract. You're not a superstar player in our eyes. You're our six man. We're not paying you like Kevin Durant because you're not Kevin Durant. And we're not just going to let you walk. We're going to get something for you. So you trade him. I get it. I, I get the move. But then you look back, and that's one of the worst sports trades in the last 10 years. It definitely is. Because, I mean, I don't even remember what – I'm about to look up. What did Oklahoma City even get back? I think they got back, like, Kevin Martin and – hold on. James Harden trade. 2013. Oh, 2012. My bad. I was off here. Yeah, 2012. Oops. So, yeah, I was I was wrong on that. I'm going to read this article from ESPN.com. It's uh, October 27, 2012. It says, word for word verbatim, unable to work out an extension with James Harden, the Oklahoma City Thunder traded the sixth man of the year, the Houston Rockets, on Saturday night, breaking up the young core of the Western Conference champions. The Thunder require guards Kevin Martin, Jeremy Lamb, two first-round picks and a second-round pick in the surprising deal that was completed Saturday night. Oklahoma City also sent center Cole Aldridge and forwards Daquan Cook and Lazar Hayward to Houston. Yeah, I mean, the small market Thunder had already signed Kevin Durant, Russell Westbrook, and Serge Ibaka to long-term deals and apparently realized Harden was going to want a bigger salary than they would offer. I mean, yeah, that sucks. Like, what do you? I mean, what do you do if 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 you're if you're Oklahoma City? Uh, I want to look at the the grade the trade. Let's see. Now, this is an old article too. It says let's grade the let's grade the trade. The grades. Oklahoma City got uh, in 2012, October 28th. This website says that Oklahoma City got a B plus for what they got back for James Harden. Boy, were they wrong! And they said that Houston Rockets got an A minus. I think Houston got the A plus, and I think Oklahoma City got an F. But yeah, it's it's just it's 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 one of those things of what if, what if you don't trade him? I don't know. It's it's just something interesting to interesting to think about here. Well, um. I gotta go to work, guys. I'd love to sit here and talk for another twenty, thirty minutes. Maybe actually talk about something funny and not talk about sad stuff. Um, I will say this: um, the 
HGTV. Uh, hold on. Let me pull this up. I thought it was absolutely hilarious. I'll talk about this and then I'm going to hold on. HGTV. Um, poop. Here it is. I saw this article on TMZ yesterday. I have not laughed harder in my entire life. HGTV Goodbone star Karen Lane's home burglarized. Pooper on the prowl. Goodbones star Karen Lane's home is the perfect place to drop one's pants and leave a mark. At least that's what a brash burglar thinks, since they've already done it twice. The HGTV home renovator had her Indianapolis home burglarized recently, which made for the third time her house had been broken into, and the second time someone left behind a piece of crap as an F.U. That's what Karen's saying anyway, according to local media. She told Fox 59, It's sort of an... It's sort of an empathy, I can't even read, to say I poop on you. Lane told another outlet that she thinks this is personal because whoever deuced <laughs> has done so twice in the same place, the garage, where she says there's an obvious bathroom right there for the using. As for what was taken, Lane says her hubby's bike got jacked, her purse, and some other stuff. Fortunately, Lane is a former prosecutor, so as soon as she noticed her credit cards being used, she jumped on the case and started hitting places up for surveillance videos. Um... I just, what has Karen Lane done to anybody? You gotta go poop. <laughs> Not only do you have to rob her house, but you take a crap. You don't even use her toilet, first off. You poop in her, on her garage floor. Which, if you're gonna rob somebody's house, you don't want to leave behind DNA. They can easily figure out who this is just by testing their poop. But, you, you're not going to go in the toilet, really. You're going to poop right in her garage her garage floor. And and when I think about that, it reminds me of the movie Cop Out with, uh, with oh gosh, with Bruce Willis, Tracy Morgan. Um, they watch Sean William Scott, the actor. He breaks into somebody's house, like this parkour breaks in, like some ninja. And the first thing he does is go to the bathroom, pull his pants down and start taking a crap. And Tracy Morgan's like, man, under a high-pressure situation like that, who can poop? He's like, there's no way. I'm, I'm, I'm puckering my butthole. It's like you're robbing somebody's house. And first off, if you're going to rob somebody's house, go to the bathroom first. Like, Make sure that you got an empty stomach and you're good to go. If you've you know, if you got diarrhea, don't rob a house that day. Wait a week. Wait till you're, you're basically cleared out, then rob the house. But you're going you're gonna to rob in a television uh, show's uh, actress, whatever, like a, a big high profile person, you're going to not only break into their home, which is dumb to begin, to, it's dumb to break into anybody's home to begin with, but you're going to break into a celebrity's home. Then you're going to leave behind evidence. And the evidence you leave behind is something that they can literally trace and get your DNA out of. And it's poop. I just, <laughs> I read that and I was like, what the, what is wrong with people? It just, it, it cracked me up. Um, yeah, I got to go to work. I, I have to actually be at work in 10 minutes. Thank God my dad lives five minutes from Red Lobster. I'm actually sitting here in my work clothes the whole time. So, um, I just want to say um, from iFilm Cinema, from me, from Aaron, uh, from all of our guests uh, that have ever been on the show, um, from anyone that's been a part of uh, iFilm Cinema's production, Aaron's dad, James Cross, my dad, Kendall Durham, um, from me to you and from all of us to you, we all want to say thank you for, like I said at, at, at the beginning, the people that listen to this um, every week, every Tuesday and every Friday, 
you're excited driving to school, driving to work, driving wherever, or at home to get that update and to see the laptop and the clapboard and the popcorn on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. You're excited to see that logo because you know, hey, got an episode of the Not Your Old Podcast coming out. Um, we really appreciate it, and we can't thank all of our listeners and supporters enough. And like I said earlier on the episode, I want to personally thank, um, you know, the guys that I, I used to run with uh, in in elementary school and junior high and high school that that listen to the podcast and message me and say, hey, man, love the episode and show support week in and week out. It means a lot. And, um, yeah, we should get together, guys. We should get together soon. Chase, Justin, Ian, just all the guys that used to hang out over at Blackman Trail Mouse, all those people. We need to hang out. Um, oh, also, congratulations on Weston Russell Mouse. He got married uh, on the 12th of November. Congratulations, dude. I'm, I'm happy for you. I got a gift coming your way. Um, you can find me on Snapchat, Kyle 21 uh, Post the links on my story. Uh for easy access to the podcast. Also, go check out Kai's Sports Opinion, the KSO, every Saturday. I am, I've said this like six weeks in a row, I am having an episode come out Wednesday or Thursday uh, this week. So we'll have an extra episode where I'll just talk about some topics and different things I want to talk about. I'll I'll talk about James, the James Harden, uh, James Harden trade rumors, Chris Paul trade rumors, and um, Russell Westbrook trade rumors more in depth. Um, go to, or yeah, Go to patreon.com slash NYNP. Join our Patreon. We appreciate it. Um, Also, the Academy of Conspiracy, that comes back a week and a half, something like that. So be on the lookout for that. And I think that's it. I think think that's it. Um, Thank you all for rocking with me for, for 50 minutes of just me blabbering. Um, hey, if you want some good seafood and you want to come see me, come down to Red Lobster and Sherman. I love your business. Walk in, ask for Kyler. Love the business. Um, I'll see y'all on Friday. Uh, uh, have a good week. Wear a mask. Be kind to everybody. Treat other people the way you want to be treated. Very elementary, but a good way to live your life. And, oh, if you're going to rob my house, please do not defecate on my porch. Just rob the house. Thanks. Y'all have a good week.